precious Lord, our precious Savior. I don't want to be in this room tonight if you're not here. And I know you're here, Lord. I know you're here and I know that you're at work. I'm just so honored, Father God, to be here tonight with my brothers and sisters, the body, just to speak into her. I thank you for her, Lord, and I just am so amazed in my identity in you, Father, that my place in the secret place where it says you knew me before I was in my mother's womb. That is a reality. And as I have heard about it with ears, you say that faith comes by hearing. And I thank you that as I heard those words, I asked questions. What have I done with you? What have we talked about? Lord, I am alienated. Without your presence, Lord. Without your word and without your spirit. This room tonight is a room of people who make up your body. And I just thank you for her tonight. I pray when I speak that the intimate relationship that I have with others and ones that I am going to have, I thank you, Father God, that we are going to talk about this oneness that you prayed for. Lord, that you cried in the garden and you asked that we would be one. Bring oneness. Lord, we are in a time that we are so needing to draw from one another's treasures. And I thank you that as I talk about what's in the Bible and you're leading us, to know you, Lord, that it won't just be, Lord, something that I've read and something that I've obtained from, Lord, knowledge and wisdom. Lord, you say that it's going to pass away. Lord, even my gift and who I am and who I can be, it just passes away. But Lord, my intent is to be internally with you. And I ask, Lord, that as I talk about this stuff, there's going to be a reality that some people might not know about you. Lord, I thank you that I can speak and look to you and speak into, Father God, unbelief. Lord, I'm qualified because of this. I'm ruined and wrecked because of my unbelief. And through my self-righteousness, you have led me into a reality of that righteousness in you and to be clothed in you is a reality that is so much to me. As I speak, Lord, to the body tonight, I pray that this comes to a point of, of them just, them not wanting to be in the room by themselves. I thank you for her, Lord. I'm encouraged and I'm prepared. <laughs> I thank you that these tears are tears of joy 
Lord, tears of faith, tears of hope and righteousness. Lord, it comes from you. It's a well that doesn't run out. It's deep. I just thank you for your goodness. Man, I am so pumped. I'm not even nervous. I really am. I have such a confidence what I'm going to tell you tonight that through the power of my testimony, you're going to see greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. I have been on this journey and knowing him and loving others and walking together. I've got a story to tell you. I really do. And I hope you don't have a roast or something in the oven. Because <laughs> it's going to be a burnt offering when you get home. Okay, everyone say, knowing him, loving others, and walking together. My sister's here tonight. And she's my big sister. <laughs> She cries just as much as I do. <laughs> okay. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, it's just, it's so trustworthy. It's so holy. It's righteous. It's, it's your spirit. It's your word. It's a foundation. It's something that you gave to us that was in there in the beginning and through brothers and sisters in Christ who have spoken it into my life. I thank you as I speak from it and I give an account, as I tell you about the God that I love tonight, you are going to see that why he said to build your life on this foundation. Um, everyone say knowing him in your identity. I want you to leave here tonight in this confidence of your identity. And uh, we've been talking about this for months. And I will come back to this in the beginning because hardness and unbelief is the most dangerous trap that the father of lies, Beelzebub, Lucifer, has spoken into the atmosphere to make you go, did he really say this? And um, I know him and I love him. And all week I've been like getting trained for God to speak through me and I've felt like a horse. And um, it's been exciting because, you know, when he wakes you up in the night and he speaks to you, you know you're going to deliver something. And he talks about the word being living. And so as I start to talk, your reality and your perspective about the living word is going to quench a thirst and I'm here tonight to tell you that this is for all of us. It's for the body. It is not individually for one person because one person is rooted in selfishness, but there's another person who is called Christ Jesus, who is a cornerstone, which is the scripture that I've picked tonight to speak about. It has to be centered on this name, Jesus Christ. So, we're just going to walk together a little bit here and you're going to see some stuff about me that you will laugh about. So my first picture that I have for you tonight is coming up and you are going to see something about me that you'll probably go, ah. Oh. 
Look at that. 1972. In Lower Hutt Hospital, my awesome mother popped me out on midnight. And she had the decision to pick the 21st or the 22nd that I should uh, be known as my birthday. And she picked the 22nd because my grandmother lived at 22 Singers Road, Korakora. <laughs> How's that? Lo and behold, the Bible talks about um, this infamous two is better than one. And he doesn't do accidents. Tonight, you're going to know that you're not an accident. On the same day, nine hours before, God was also at work and had created in the secret place another person, and you'll see up here. He, um, he also had made my wife on the same day. And so we were actually born in the same hospital, in the same incubator room, and we actually slept together on the first night of birth. <laughs> there is a thing called purity. And I'll leave that one right there. Now, on this journey, we change and we, we, we enter into um, this whole thing of walking together. Melissa and I did school together from the age of five all the way to um, 12. And I was radically caught up in the midst of my mum and dad finding Christ. And uh, this is what I ended up looking like. And it's not as good-looking as I started out. Now, if you go further, as the journey went on, I started to look even more different. And I ended up looking like this. <laughs> so as you can see, there was a transformation happening in me and in my identity. And uh, now you know me as Jeremy Kimworthy. I work here. I'm privileged to work with the kids. And you all know this, but as I work with the kids, I am honoured. I work with some of the most amazing kids here at the utter ends of the earth. And um, it's just a joy and privilege to share. And the next picture is of my family, my whanau. And uh, my background is kind of mixed up. I'm, I'm Australian. I'm New Zealand. I am um, Māori and I'm Spanish. My identity is really messed up. I ended up growing <laughs> up in um, spelling my name with an O because Jeremy, my mum my wanted me to call, people wanted to call me Jerome and didn't want them to call me Jerry. And, but then when I became 19, I moved to the States and my identity changed again. It became a kind of a girly name. It was Jeremy because my father had had one too many have yourself another. And what happened was he wrote my name wrong down on my birth certificate. And so at 19, I, my passport had um, Jeremy Kimworthy in it. So I entered into the States in this identity crisis. Am I Jeremy? Am I Jeremy? Or am I Jeremy? And as, as I started to go through this journey, I started having my kids in the States miraculous um, births through my children. Um, we went through a stage where Melissa miscarried and we watched our, um, our friends grow up 
and they all had kids. This was a five-year journey, and Melissa was without child, and we had that miscarriage halfway through, and my identity was really getting messed with. I was, I was wrestling with God because my identity was, I've followed these rules, I've, I've read the word, and I've drawn close to you, and where's, where's, where's my seed? Where's my identity? Where's my children? And I got angry with God, and that identity changed so much that I became an American citizen halfway through. Uh, Bush was encouraging people with green cards, and it was pink. Figure that one out. Another identity crisis. <laughs> and I'm like, get to America, get a green card, and it's pink. So I'm really struggling with this identity. I get my passport, and then I become an American citizen, and I also become a father at the same time. And I became a children's pastor serving at Cathedral in the Pines under um, two awesome men of God who really invested in my life. And my, my identity was changing so much, I did not know who I was. I really didn't. I, I couldn't figure out if I was Arthur or Martha or, you know, Lord, who am I? And this, this identity problem that I had was really messing with me because I, I needed to know who I was. Who am I? What am I here for? These are all questions that we start out with. Now, I had my faith, and I had my upbringing, and I had a whole lot of rules and regulations with this, and my foundation was given to me by my parents, which I really want to honor tonight, because they did something with their identity, is that once they were lost and then they were radically saved and they chose to call on a name that I would like to read from right here now in Ephesians. And we're going to go from Ephesians 2, 19. It says, Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners. See how this helps me? It says, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Everyone say, chief cornerstone if you leave with that tonight you are going to be radically changed he will be in the room every time you call on this name it says in whom the whole building being fitted together say fitted together you're in rock kids now so you got some stuff to do being fitted together and it says and grows into a holy temple of the Lord in whom you also are being built to the gathering for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Now I knew a lot of foundational stuff. I'm going to show you some pretty cool stuff. I work with kids so you've got some 101 stuff. Here we have blocks and their foundations. And these foundations are so key because a foundation is something that is 
is that everybody uses a foundation to try and build something. But the key about this foundation is this foundation is, is something that's um, done. It, it is a foundation that God let us know, and he says it here, what's first? Someone call it out. What is first? The apostle, right? Everyone say apostle. And prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now we can dig into the scriptures and there's a lot more readings about this foundation. And um, I, I have journeyed through this and I've seen how the Bible talks about it. It has to be on Jesus Christ. I've always wondered, how do you figure out if you know the way or is there another way? Because they're teaching today out there that all ways lead to heaven or to this other place. I'm here tonight to speak truth and break that unbelief and speak it out into the atmosphere because the Bible says that our tongues have life and death that breaks out into the atmosphere when we speak it. It changes things. This is why we say, who I was and who I am now is not who I'm going to be. When you stand on this foundation and you know that it's on Christ, something takes place. There is power and there is authority that comes down and it changes things. It changed my mum and dad's life. It changed my life. And it's still changing other people's lives today. It changed Noah's life. He was the only one found still believing in God and calling on his name. God is teaching us something here about this foundation. Don't sway from the truth. Do not sway from what your forefathers talked about at the beginning. Know that your father in heaven is a father to be reckoned with. And he tells us about the way. And when I talk to you about the way, you've heard this before. You have heard that Jesus Christ is the way. But there is a reality that God is leading us even into further of this and what he's trying to do in the foundation. There is a guy who he used, and we're going to go to Acts 9. This is awesome. It's so amazing what happens here. There is a man, and his name is Ananias. I got challenged with this the, the other day, because I think there's a few Ananiases. Now, but this Ananias believed in God. He had relationship with God, and he could hear from God. He is such an amazing man that God was speaking to him, and he was hearing. That's awesome. Everyone say, faith comes from hearing. Hearing is such an important part of the body because if a body can't hear, it does not know where to go. And too long we have been not knowing where to go. And it is not by accident that this has happened. Ananias hears from God. He says, you are going to go see this guy called Saul. And Saul was this guy who was persecuting 
Christ, the name of Christ. He was actually persecuting the name of Jesus Christ. And at the same time with his identity, he was looking for Christ. Do you think he's got an identity problem? This guy has got such a major identity problem. He's in this zone and he's living this life out. He's burning people's eyes out who are believing on this name and calling on this name and teaching this name. And he's gathering them up and they are dealing to these people severely. So Ananias says, he kind of has a talk with God, kind of does what you and I do. You really want me to go see this guy? You really do? You want me to go to this guy and die? And he's probably thinking, so I can't do what you've called me to do? How's that? Can't call me what to do? Go to Saul. And so he does this. He's obedient. Clay talked about obedience a while back. And man, it triggered in my spirit, man. It's, it pays to be obedient. It really does. In obedience comes life. And so he goes to this point where he goes to see him. But before all this, Saul's blinded. And Jesus Christ himself, it, it, Jesus goes to him in an audible voice and he's talking to him. And he says, why are you persecuting me? And it's like, He's blinded, but he sees. Is that identity problem? But then all of a sudden, a, tran- a transaction in that man's heart takes place. He tells his men that I need to go here. His men take him, and Ananias meets him, and it's a foundation. He has this identity crisis solved once and for all. He lays hands on him. He, he is scales fall off his eyes he hears and then not only does he hear he is radically filled with truth and he goes oh my goodness he has a revelation of christ and he's not just in this position of oh my goodness he is in this position where he's like who i was i am not today In a couple of days, he's with these men of God who have spoken truth and and, and taken a risk to be with him. And he goes through this transaction with his identity. It's phenomenal. He starts to do something immediately, not later on. And I love this about God. He takes someone and immediately when you know him, something happens. There's a transaction. Listen to what it says. It says, immediately he preached the Christ in synagogues, that he is the son of God. This is the exact opposite of what he was doing. He's saying that Christ is not the way. And then all of a sudden he goes on this foundation. He is the way. It's so powerful. It brings this. (laughs) Listen. It, 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 it blows, me, blows me away what he does. It goes like this. He, he speaks with power and he speaks with authority. And it says this, then all who heard were amazed. And then it goes, and he said, 
And then the people said, Is this not he who destroys those who call on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for the purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased. He's, he's, he's changed. He's transformed. Who was he isn't now? And he's, he's, he's going. He, he knows now that he cannot go backwards. He, cannot, he has to go forward. And it goes all the more in strength. And it says, confounded the Jews and dwelt in Damascus, proving, proving, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Now, is that an identity crisis? That is a complete transformation. Who he was is not who he is today. And he now goes, who I am today is not who I can be. He's seen something way more. And I encourage you to Google Paul, iPhone, Bible, read. Get in your secret place and read more about him. I'm not going to go into the fullness of what he did, but he completely changes the dynamics of identity. I just want to use him tonight is that God does the impossible. You've got impossible situations right now. He does the impossible and makes it possible. But there was something that was in the problem of him, and that was it was an identity of not knowing who he was because he was taught something, but he changed. He now took unbelief and took belief on the name of Jesus Christ. That is key. That will unlock anything with anybody once they start to know who the name of Jesus Christ is to them intimately, personally, and your identity will change. It changes things. It shifts. And as he goes through this, it's phenomenal what took place. You know, he didn't get a welcoming party and he didn't get welcomed back. They tried to kill him afterwards. It's, it's unbelievable. That's how strong unbelief is. Listen. Now, after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Who does that sound like? His identity is so much in Christ Jesus that he has become like Christ. He's doing the same thing. The only way is through Christ. What did Christ do? He says to the Jews and he comes to them and he says, I am the way, I am the truth and fulfills everything that he's supposed to become for us and who plots to kill him. The Pharisees and the Jewish people of the time that are blinded and have unbelief. Now, I want to honor the Jewish people. Never, never take that name Jew and put it down. Look to it and learn to love her. Learn to know that there's promises for us in the bigger picture. And I'll I'll bring that when I, I wrap it up into the end of what I mean, mean to that. Now, the trap. You say, what's the trap? What is the trap? I want you to think about it. What's the trap? I've got something here, and I'm going to have faith that it works, and I am going to do something that you're not supposed to do. Is hold a rat trap by faith. Unbelief is a trap. Unbelief is a trap. Everyone say, unbelief is a trap. Now, if you don't believe me that unbelief 
is a trap. What is it that's in a rat that it comes up and it partakes of knowledge and of word that comes into a situation that they are convinced that they can eat from that place and that they can partake of this place and they will live? What does that? It's their nature. It's their inner self that has told them, I can smell food, I can see food, so I will partake of food. Now I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to mess your reality up. You have partaken of some food. You have partaken of what is good to the eye and it has been a trap. I'm here tonight to prophesy that everything that you heard is not the truth. I'm here to tell you, I will say things that I will come into a greater understanding as you walk with me, that I will thank you for what you've done. I have a brother here tonight who I am desperately in love with because of that. His name's Clay McGregor. He has led me to the word and has encouraged me to draw into the stuff and to know the word. And he has helped some of my realities, my stinking thinking, which has led me to false truth. And God talks about this. He warns us. He says, even the elect will be deceived about truth. There's a reality that you've been taught, but it's not the full picture. And us for a time now that Christ has come, Christ has done something completely different and he teaches this. And this is how dangerous this trap is. It'll take you out, it'll kill you, and it is all rooted in the beginning. It's in a lie. The father of lies has been trying to dilute the truth ever since we were in our original state with God in a transition. He says to Eve, did God really say that? Did he really say that? He puts the food out there. He puts a reality out there. Now I've learned as I've journeyed in this, how many things have I heard and believed and not gone for myself to see if this is the truth? Now there was a reality that people had to believe in in Moses. Look at this with a snake on it. If you don't believe me, a reality was about to take place. What happened? Who can tell me what happened? What happened when people did not look? They were swallowed up. They died. They were in a, in a crisis of unbelief. It goes deeper. Think of all the books we get. Like, think of this. Like, come on, let's, let's really dive into it. I've met people that don't even know now, where their Bible is in their house. And when I speak to you from my heart, even I didn't. I'm 40. I'm 40 and I've, I've been filling with books and I've been filling with information and I've been filling with knowledge, but God set me free from a trap of self. And I'm going to talk about this We've been talking about getting vulnerable. I really thank um, just Greg and Simon and Clay and Sandra and Chris 
about being vulnerable up here because they've really paved me for the way. I'm going to tell you something that you'll be flabbergasted with. You'll go, really? And I'm going to, I'm going to speak some truth into the reality. The Bible says that this is what you need. This um, sword was given to me by Randy Felshaw, and Randy Felshaw um, was a man in my life that I questioned. I asked God, why did you send him? Why am I going through this? My identity was, was so wrapped around my beliefs and my knowledge that I said, I'm a champion of honor but I feel wrecked and ruined and stripped. And I don't know who I am, Lord. What are you doing? And it took a real wake-up call to see that God uses men to discipline us in a father way that leads us into position your heart right. I tried to take this, what I earned through reading books, and 12 books. I'd never read a book in my whole life, and I skimmed through most of them, and I got this. And I wanted to use this. I wanted to use this sword, and I wanted to chop some ears off like Peter. I really did. And I went through this transition, and I realized when the Holy Spirit went like this, knock, knock 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 and i opened up the door and i realized what had happened unbelief and bitterness and selfishness had gotten me to the thinking that i could take matters into my own hands and start speaking some truth not in love and he took me to the secret place and it was so intimate he said jeremy You've gotten lost. You're in the woods and you're so deep. You need some help right now. And you need to repent of your thinking and the way you want to take matters into your own hands. See, Jesus taught this before he died to Peter. And, and Greg shared this, that he takes the sword and chops the air off. And this is the old, brothers and sisters, this is the old there was a time when God did this. There was a time, he's God. We can't argue with the potter. We really can't. There was a time he used this, and there was a time where it was horrific. But he teaches Peter to lay this down. He says, that's a trap. That is going to get you nowhere. I have come. And he heals that guy. I, know, I love it when Greg said, what was that guy thinking when his ear is picked up? put on his head and what does he see he saw love i can't wait to meet that guy in the kingdom <laughs> hey you're the guy with the ear <laughs> call me <sighs> this this journey that it goes on it goes deeper watch this it gets so unbelievable tricky that with me, I went through this journey. And this is, this, is, this is where I got hit. And God goes, Jeremy, you know I love you and you know you're up and you're talking to me and 
you're, you're working on some things. Is he really talking the truth? <laughs> I don't know if that's the truth. Because if it really was the truth, and the truth was the truth, why would you thinking, is this the truth? And if I told you the truth, you really couldn't handle the truth because you're not ready for the truth. And if I told you the truth, you'll find out all the mysteries and then you'll end up in the place of being God. Who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? Now, I used to think it was the father of lies. But God broke something in me. It's us that separated ourselves from him. You know, when we get a revelation of of who we are before him, we're ruined. My identity was in myself. I was a good boy. I did things by the books. I followed his command. I was like Paul. I was so lost. I was so hung up on the rules. I was so hung up on doing the do's and the don'ts. And when Christ showed up, all of a sudden, I was just set free from my self-righteousness. My sister's here tonight. I pray my brother hears this. I love him with all my heart. And him and I are chalk and cheese. I'm at home with my parents and he's out. He's out and about, man. He did some stuff that that just hurt. And I found forgiveness for that. I really did. I, I didn't hold forgiveness, but God showed me. He said, Jeremy, you are no different with your identity and who you are to me, just like your brother is no different with his identity to who he is to me. You are made by me, both of you, and you both have a choice to make, to die to self, to die to the things that you've been spoken that are a lie, and just admit. And admitting is wrapped around in repentance. It's coming to that place that Paul is at and he stands on it and now understands that in Christ, my identity in Christ completely changes who I am. And now I know that as we go through this, I love her and I need this part of the body. I need you guys. I need Everything that God has put in you. My brother is made in the secret place. My father in heaven has a plan for him. And he is outworking it. And as he outworks it in me, what I saw was as I was holding on to the self-righteousness. And God goes, you're in the same position as him. You have to repent to this wicked nature that's in you. And you have to die to that. You have to come into who I am to you and realize that I'm the cornerstone. I'm this place. I'm this position of where you need to be. You know, as we go through this, 
we start to come into the reality of knowing why God goes, this now needs to become what you feed on. I want to encourage you that this right here is awesome. It really is. It's going to have some really good stuff. But if you have not gone back to this and lined it up with it, and you don't build upon it, you are going to get yourself into trouble. Everyone say, what happens when the father of lies spins a deal and you enter into it? Okay. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that you move and that you breathe and have a being. And I ask right now, Lord, for everybody who's here, I ask that as I share this, Lord, that they have ears to hear, that they do not get deceived, that they do not walk into harboring what you have warned us about not to enter in. You know, in Rock Kids this morning, Blake really challenged me. I love kids, eh? <laughs> he, oh, I was all ready, and I said, what color is this pen? And um, I was holding a yellow pen up. And uh, I could see something was going on with him all morning. What is going on with this boy? And he said, Jeremy, it's blue. And all of a sudden, I was like, I get it. The penny dropped so radically that that's how easily we're deceived by what's on the outside. I'm holding a yellow pen, and this little boy has such a revelation of conviction that he interrupts my rock kids program <laughs> and teaches the teacher. And he says, It's blue. And isn't that with Christ with our identity? Isn't it? Isn't that the world looks at us and judges us? We're just cruel, aren't we? You know, I now look at my brother and my sister and my father and my colleagues and her, and I'm changed because of this reality. It says you can have all mysteries, you can have all knowledge. You can have all power. You can have everything. But if you don't have the substance, the stuff inside, the identity, what Christ is, the cornerstone, if you don't have love, it's nothing. It's empty. It's a gong. It is the biggest trap that I've seen. There's, um, there's someone in my life who I want to honor tonight. It all started in um, Michigan and then to Beaumont, Texas. And there's this beautiful lady called Shera. And she has the most awesome mother and father. They're just so phenomenal. 
that they actually gave me a heart transplant. They actually taught me to love. And as I went through this process, I didn't realize what was happening, but I call it that I was birthed and given a heart that pumped out love when I met these people. They're just so phenomenal that they had welcomed me into their family and loved me like I'd never been loved before. It was such an amazing transaction. And Mr. Gregory and Delilah would just speak into my life and just be that that Jesus to me, that example of what it means to love. And um, I thought the outworking was done. <laughs> you know, I was so self-righteous. I'd look at people and I'd just go, where are you and what are you doing? Because I'm looking from the outside. I had no idea what was looking on the inside. I was so deceived. I was so sick. I was so rotten inside that my self-righteousness would make me look at people and I wouldn't see who they were. Now think about it. We look at people and they are created in the secret place. No one before they're in their mother's womb. And we look at them with eyes of disgust. But Jesus comes and he sees who we are and models to us, this is love. Now, I'm going to show you and be honest and how hard this outworking has been. I work with this fantastic lady called Debbie. She's awesome. And when we talk to each other, we talk to each other like this. How you doing? What's going on? Next week, how you doing? What's going on? Oh, good. Really good. Going great. Hi, Jeremy. How you doing? Good. I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. You know, there was a time then all of a sudden I just, I was like, Jeremy, your lie has slipped right back in. Your identity and selfishness and self-righteousness has slipped right in again. And I was like, you're kidding. And he's like, no. This outworking that took place, I confessed. I got before my father and I said, Lord, can you please, can you come and can you help me? You know, the Bible promises it says, if you draw close to him, he will come close. He says, I stand at this door and knock. I'm knocking. And we have to let him in. I started doing this with Debbie. And I started interacting with her. And we stopped talking with masks on. And we have gone somewhere that is phenomenal. Where brothers and sisters in Christ can go. I'm going to say end with this part right here. The Bible talks about the treasure is within. And I thank the Lord for, for mum, for dad, for Sylvia House, for Mr. Coburn, for my English teacher, and for 
Mr. and Mrs. Gregory, Randy Falshaw, Pastor Brooks, Greg, Simon, current now, Clay, Kirk and Mal, Melissa and Sandra. If I could keep on going, man, I could, I could make your roast really get toast if I just ended with all the names. But Debbie, I want to thank you for being love. <laughs> You're phenomenal. I need you. You know, the Bible teaches that the treasures is within. And Jesus, when he's praying for that oneness, he's asking for us to look at one another's eyes and have that oneness for one another. Don't be caught into this trap that comes so easily by an offense, by a hurt, by a circumstance, by a cloudiness. Don't get caught in the trap of the father of lies. It will kill you. It'll destroy you. It'll hurt others. It has consequences. And your father in heaven will talk to you about it when you get up there. You will give an account for what was within and if you are not founded on this name, Jesus Christ, you will be disappointed. You will gnash. You will groan and say, how did I not see Christ in you? Look at your finger. You are one of a kind. Your identity Lord, I thank you that my tongue has life and death. I thank you that I can go through these transitions, that you are faithful with my identity. You are faithful with the foundation. You are faithful to lead me out of traps. And I pray as I see the gift and the treasure that lies within my brothers and sisters in Christ, in the body, in what you intended for to become one, that we would live in this revelation that we need each other to walk together. We need each other in knowing him. And we need each other at the forefront of everything to be found holding love within us and Lord I pray that unbelief would turn into belief that death would turn into life and Lord life would become life abundantly as we obey your foundational teachings on how you plan this to be Lord, we place you in the highest place tonight. We look to you as the cornerstone. I pray that the rock would be known. Lord, for its faithfulness. Lord, for its righteousness. Lord, for its peace. And Lord, 
for its truth that's spoken. Lord, for its salvation to people who do not know about Jesus Christ. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here tonight. Encourage her, Lord. Continue to prepare her. Lord, we bind unbelief and we loose. We bind unbelief and we loose belief in you. We loose love, Lord. Help us. You know, God honors the secret place. And some of you tonight, you just need to hear that you are beautiful. Oh, you're so beautiful. You really are. You're a precious stone. And he's been working on you from the beginning. Oh, Jesus. As you spend time with us, Lord. You're faithful, Lord, and you show up. You are her. You've always been her. Fill yourself with me. Come to me. Sit with me. Dine with me. Partake of me. Drink with me. My promises that I have for you. Your death will be the beginning of your life. Your journey, your race. Reveal, Father God, through your Holy Spirit, the prize to her tonight, Lord. I speak life over everyone who is here and everyone they talk to, that you would reveal what the prize is and what the goal is. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just, Lord, just giving us a phenomenal day together as a family. We need each other. And God, in my secret place right now, I want to thank you for the body that has, has helped me be who I am today. I know who I am. I am yours, Lord, and I'm your son.
And I thank you, Lord. I praise your name. And I pray as people draw close to you. Lord, immediately, Lord, I speak those words immediately over you. Immediately that you will come into this place. That in the secret, your reward will be refined. Thank you, Father. And thank you for your word, Lord. Amen.